a while, Chandler, my knuckles are popped. My joints are lubricated. I think that's what that does. Or like the nitrous gas is released. I'm ready to let the conversation flow. Yeah, I uh, I heard all the popping and now we can start. <laughs> I'm kind of over well, well, well. Is that like rude of me? Or is that going to make like people feel like, I don't know, like I it's am a like losing it's, with the podcast? It's the brand. It's just who we are. It's the brand. People love well, well, well. Like, you have no idea how much that phrase means to others. Do you have, like, data points on this? Or is this just, like... <laughs> yes, I do. Because whenever I say, oh, what should, like, the merch phrase be? Or what do you want on merch? That's there are true. always people who put well, well, well. It's true. So, okay. why don't you just okay. stop trying to take things well, from other people today? Well, well, well. <laughs> okay. First disclaimer right off the bat, you guys, I'm so sorry. I am um, not at home. Well, actually, it doesn't even matter. I have my mic with me. I should be able to record with perfect audio, but my mic has stopped working, and so I'm recording with my computer mic. So if it sounds a little different, that is why. It'll be fixed by the Patreon episode this Friday, but unfortunately, um, yes, I am operating with only my computer's microphone. So the sound quality is not going to be as good this week. And unfortunately, I know it was really kind of off with Amber too. So anyway, we appreciate everyone's patience sticking with us in spite of the technical difficulties. And right. all I will say is please do not go write a uh, bad review of this podcast because of temporary technical issues like someone did from the Amber episode. Oh, didn't see that. People are out for blood. And please, um, everyone has an like not all of our guests have like a microphone set up. So anyways, let's stop threatening our listeners and let's just move right along. Okay, let's do it. Um, Chan, we have, as I always say, so much to get into, lots to talk about. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. I'm very happy because I feel like we've just been in like this weird fugue state. I don't even know how to describe it because I've been gone. We've just been so out of sync. Yep. Yep, I know. It's true. And we just really haven't had, like, the classic pop apologist, you and me chatting about modern day issues, current events. We really right. haven't had that chemistry and moment together in a while. So it feels good to be back in the saddle. Yeah, it does feel good to be back in the saddle. I feel like it has. Yeah, it's been a second. So let's get into, you know, the the stuff of today that we've been meaning to talk about. And I feel like also we just haven't been talking a lot as sisters because you know, you've been traversing the globe and, um, you know, we just, I feel like we've lost some of our connection to each other. So I'm excited to rekindle that. I've had some profound human experiences, which sounds so corny and I'm sorry, but like, I can't even tell you about them because I'm like, I have to save it for the Patreon. So there's so much I still haven't told you. We've discussed this issue before and yeah, it's really, it's taken its toll. But anyways, okay, let's, let's get into it. Hopefully we can rebuild and rekindle on this episode. (laughs) Hopefully we can rebuild our relationship and we don't need to pull a Shannon and David Bedore and go to some like weird love camp where we pretend to be Shannon (laughs) Bedore. Here lies Lauren. I love all the flashbacks to that from OC are so good they're also it's really dark that like that's filmed because it's like some really brutal like marriage moments but also that marriage camp like (laughs) i do feel like my ice cold soul has been thawed to a great degree but still even watching that scene it just makes 
it makes my heart cringe. Like I, I'm oh. not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I mean, honestly, it's just the part where they have to pretend that they're like lying in their grave <laughs> and they're like spouse is reading their like a is it is it like their eulogy or like are their like a love letter to them or something it's Ugh. it's some sort of like um message um it's some sort like of message to yeah to the other world you know like the letter you would have written what you right should have beyond. said yeah right. exactly while there's lying in front of like styrofoam or like poster board cut out uh gravestones made from michael's yes. <laughs> It is really oh, bad. Do you ever kind of selfishly, like, this is kind of dark. Would you ever, like, want someone to do that for you just so you could, like, get a ton of validation? Well, I've always thought that I would love my funeral to be while I'm still alive so I could hear all the compliments. Yes, hear absolutely. Everyone, like, reverse the narrative yeah. about how wonderful Rever- I was. Like, <laughs> literally, like, revisionist history is people's funerals. Like, suddenly it's just, like, they were well, angels on earth. Maybe some of these, you know, negative reviews about our poor audio would, you know, get reversed. Maybe there'd be some revisionist history there. Yeah, if we walk, if we walk through the valley of death, maybe we can get some of these three-star reviews uh, reversed, and maybe it's worth it. You know, honestly, honestly, it might it, be. It might be for my own mental health. Like, I just, I, I love it. Was almost like love this podcast, but I had one issue with one episode, so now it's a three-star. Here's piece your. Of- here- here's your permanent (laughs) review about it (laughs) also anyway it doesn't bug us at all it doesn't bug us at all here's my hot take i don't look at these until you tip me off that like they know some of them have gone sour and then it just like kills my vibe so much um it's just it's so no it's okay it's all good it is just not the place to give us feedback. If you want to give, if you love our pod and actually want to give us feedback, DM us. If you love our pod, if you hate our pod and for and you know choose to forever hate it, you know leave us a negative review if that's really what you feel like you must do. But if you have like ongoing constructive feedback, like <laughs> leave it in a DM, you know where we can actually address yes. it. Send us it from your burner account. It can be anonymous, like a hundred percent. One of the things I love from Amber's episode was when she said that she's had so much growth from criticism. And like right, she's like, right. no, there were things I needed to learn. And like a hundred percent I believe that about especially you. And I think if people have things okay. that you know you need to learn, or oh, potentially gosh. me, um, send like send it to us. But right. as a person, and the off rating, chance that it's, it's about so, me. Yeah. Then you know the knife cuts deep on those iTunes, sure Apple iTunes reviews. It's fine. It's fine. You know, I just gave a presentation at work about like I had to give like an about me. This is a funny story. I haven't told you this yet. Um, are you okay if I just go into this? Did you, oh, did you oh, need, no, need to finish out this orange, the Orange County bit? I'm, I'm ready to go into Chandler here. Are you mad at me? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I So, yes, I had to give a presentation about myself. And I, like, just, it's just, like, one slide. And I had to kind of run through, like, personal life, kind of a little bit of my career journey, yada, yada, yada. And um, I, I take beta blockers sometimes before I have presentations. I actually have been taking them a lot less. But if I think I'm going to get nervous, I'll take one. And yeah. so – but the, the problem is that uh, propanol or whatever it is doesn't protect against being embarrassing. It protects against me, yeah. you know, feeling the effects of adrenaline when I get nervous. Yeah. So, in fact, it did because I was feeling so good and just confident that I didn't write a script. Okay. So I just freeballed it. All right. Okay. And I get up there or I get on Zoom, share my screen, 
and it's going well. I'm talking about, well, you know, I was here and then moved here and, you know, I've only met a few coworkers in person, whole song and dance. And I have some pictures on the right of like my life. Okay. I've got like an aura photo of me. I've got like, a, like just some funny little, you know, snapshots of Chan. And mm-hmm. I also have a picture of Ben and I, and I don't know why, oh, but this, I didn't really have an ending planned. So I'm just kind of like, and you know, on the right are just like a few snapshots of my life, blah, blah, blah. There's this one, there's this one. And then, and in the bottom right-hand corner, that's me and my boyfriend who I moved to New York for, hashtag vulnerable. All right. On to the next person. Thank you so much. Literally. That that's how I landed ending. the plane. That was, I, like, that I'm was not my a freaking feminist. ending. No. Hashtag vulnerable to like, like literally 40 people I've like, I've never even met. Oh, that is just so cringe. I mean, honestly, especially given like working like under the wing of Cheryl Sandberg, like I don't know how far, I know. probably like 100 degrees of separation still. I just you, moved us like, back like 100 years for yeah, sure. Yeah. You're not making, you're not. My uh, boyfriend who I moved to New York for, it's like, why did I have to just wear my heart on my sleeve in that meeting? Why couldn't I have just been like, that's me and my boyfriend. I love living yeah, in New totally. York. That's, That's so funny. And did you had any reaction or was it just like an awkward cringe yeah, moment? People were laughing. People were like smiling oh, and sending cute. hearts like on Zoom. Yeah. I mean, I think my brand is like kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how to have a refined, polished energy at all to save my life. Excuse me. To save my <laughs> life. Okay. Well, glad to know you're still human. Que- the queen of relatability is keeping her crown. Right. So um, embarrassing. Okay, let's get on to unless you are you have you closed the circle on that one or is there I, more I you think so as much as I can. With? I've healed as much as I can until I speak with my therapist Ruth in a week. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so I we have a lot to get into this week. I do want to say one thing. It's going to be super super brief, okay? You ready okay. for this? Here's some housekeeping. Well, it's kind of we're on the the territory of like criticism and you know all that. Um, I- someone complained. Oh go my ahead. gosh, is this about me? No, it has nothing to do with you. You're seriously so okay. self absorbed. Well, I'm just like you're, well, you're like it's kind so of a, this. Vain. If we could just play back for the last thirty seconds, you're like we're kind of on the subject already. You know, this is only going to take a minute. It's just <laughs> someone complained about, and then the cliffhanger. No, I'm just what? kidding. You're like you are self-absorbed, but in a totally natural way, um, just like the rest of us. Thank but you. you're a wonderful person. Um, okay, here's the deal. Someone complained about my solo Patreon episode. Um, they said it was not funny and that it was like too <laughs> zened out. Uh, they called me maybe a wannabe Jack Dorsey. Okay, cuts deep. Whoa. People. Yeah. Anyway, I don't Wait, they, know. Are like, these people commenting on the Patreon like page? It was just one person. Um, anyway, it's all good. It's it's all good. Here is the disclaimer, though. This podcast is going to be dynamic. There are going to be times, especially when they're bonus episodes, that we're not like that. We're not doing like a song and dance. It's not like an I Love Lucy episode, you know. Like it's 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 yeah. dynamic. We're talking about like oh, here's and the reason why I'm saying this ahead of the content is like we're about to talk about the Bill Gates stuff. We're about to talk about the Movie Star Me article where Jake Gyllenhaal was hitting on that intern at work. And, you know, we're about to talk about a lot of sexual harassment and stuff like that. Anyway, I just kind of want to say this podcast is going to run the gamut of tones. And that's just like the only way we can create an authentic content. Yeah. And also like the 
we don't always like go deep when we talk to each other, when we like, you know, call each other to have a conversation. It's just what it is that day, you know, and maybe that's a really like loose brief and that bothers people that we're content creators who, you know, don't always have incredible content, but you know, whatever, man. Yeah. It's just, this is not, this podcast is not a sitcom. It is not something that is always going to deliver the same note. And because, because we're human and we have also, varied life experiences and we want to deliver off, I would rather be authentic and run the gamut than always trying to like do this like comedy hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you and I, we've just explored a lot of different like ways to come up with what we're doing. And I think that the more rehearsed we try to be, the less fun and natural it is so yeah yeah for sure um, and also to, i'll just say on inner de- defense like solo episodes are so hard because you're just literally speaking into the void you don't have really anyone's energy to bounce off of um oh my gosh yeah you know it's Brutal. super hard so and it was a bonus anyways people are out for blood we love everybody um except for the people who have any type of criticism for us yeah okay mm-hmm. we're moving on Okay, did you see the text message that Kagan sent me that I posted on Instagram about Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. Can we just say, we've had some people get converted to the religion of clean symbol eats and they have messaged us saying you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk. If you get the brownie batter or, you know, I love to put oh. the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either. I would say you, it is so good. Someone texts me. They're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this is clean this is- simple eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean grass fed, perfect ingredients. Mm hmm. What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you want? What more do you want? Yeah. I don't know. CleanSimpleEats.com, everyone. Go try the vanilla. Try the chocolate. Use our code POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. All right, you guys. A quick announcement. We are running in March a $500 shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting. And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag us and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite mm-hmm. episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod, you know, with your friends on your story. You know, this is this is a giveaway um, of authenticity, if you will. Um, <laughs> we also ask in that same spirit that you don't mention that it's a giveaway. Exactly. Please share the pod, share it on your stories, get the word out, spread the good word of Pop Apologists. Make sure to tag us. We'll see it. We'll respond that you're entered and then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with. So right. enter this month in March, you guys. Shopping spree giveaway. Um, Chandler, do you want to get into yeah. Movie Star and Me or do you want to st- Movie Star and Me or Melinda? Where, where do you want to go first? Um, I think let's start with uh, Movie Star and Me. Or do you want to start okay. with Melinda? Actually, let's start with Melinda. Okay. Whatever. Um, okay. okay. Let's start with Melinda. So Melinda Gates was interviewed by Gail King, one Gail King, mm-hmm. um, and it's just just kind of interesting. Just I've always had this thought: like, how amazing is it that like being Oprah's BFF, like basically catapulted Gail King into becoming the next Diane Sawyer? It's kind of cool. Well, she 
Yeah, it is Not cool. But also, wasn't wasn't Gail King kind of on the come up, like on her own? I, I can't say it's all due to Oprah. Mm, Gotta give some like credit always... to the Gales of the world, Lauren. I don't you know. Like, I know. It's not like, like I love how I'm talking. Like Gail's never done any work, and she's yeah. just like Gail slept her way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Scratch that. Whatever. Just kidding. I, I scratch I that. Start really out this segment. That I have nothing but the utmost respect for Gail King. I want to start out this segment. Yeah, I'm gonna scratch that. Um, and delete it. I want to Chandler. I want to start out this segment applauding gail king for her accomplishments in journalism and how okay. hard she's worked to get to where she is today i think it's incredible yeah. yes, um, yes okay so hard-hitting she content inter- <laughs> she interviewed melinda gates about mm-hmm. her her um how did melinda phrase it her irretrievably broken marriage to bill yeah mm-hmm. gutting gutting the, that poetic language funny mm-hmm fact for anyone who didn't hear the episode where we recapped their um, dissolution of marriage we didn't know that the words irretrievably broken were the legal the legal language you have to use to initiate a divorce so, so we, we were just this- like <laughs> go on <laughs> so we were just like oh my gosh <laughs> could this woman have chosen more cutting more serious like horrific i mean you say those words and love dies everywhere around you. Ir- irretrievably broken. Like, irretrievably. I mean, we wax poetic about that for at least 15 minutes. At least. Like, we, <laughs> I mean, created visual, like, sonic lyrics about, like, the incredible, just the images that are conjured by what is broken and you can no longer retrieve. I mean, it's irretrievable. And- I mean, it's, it's gone. It's lost. It's forever, you know, in the void. It's reft. It's rendered asunder. It mm-hmm. is just, anyway, it was so hilarious because we were like, <laughs> this just shows the depths of brokenness right. that Melinda yes. is <laughs> suffering from. Like this, the words are there. That's all we needed. Those two words yeah. to show us everything we need to know about this right. divorce. And we got it this- was like another <laughs> conscious uncoupling type of moment where it was just like, yeah, you know yeah. the whole story with the words. Exactly. And um, this listener, Dan, she's like, I'm an attorney and no offense as daughters of divorce attorneys, but you probably know that this is just like the legal language everyone has to use. Okay. Anyway, so Melissa, Melinda heard that episode and she yeah. went, decided to get to talk with Gail King to actually set the record straight, you know? Right, right, right. One note up at the top about this interview. I was searching for the, the extended version. Because I thought that there was like a two-hour long special, like oh, you thought this deep was like dive. a so like a Meghan Markle interview. Yes, in absolutely, absolutely. Oh so like That's I was so searching funny. for probably fifteen minutes. Okay, I'm like, okay, I get it. Here's the recap. Here's the ten minute version, and then I realized, oh no, this is literally a ten minute interview tops. Yeah, <laughs> and what what dawned on me is like, wow, to be a truly rich person where you give 10 minutes of your time and the world goes crazy like lauren and i literally put out 2.5 hours worth of our thoughts (laughs) to the world every single week and people are like i just didn't you know just this week it didn't really hit ladies (laughs) anyway the contrast there is striking i will say i mean Um, also yeah i mean just obviously clearly she's not just besides being a, a rich person she's also a thought leader and you know the moment of lift blah 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 so anyways, just 10 minutes of her oh time is, is really precious. 
my favorite is moment of lift blah 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 like Chandler <laughs> what went wrong in your life that moment of lift blah 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 like blah 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 is what comes comes to your mind moment of lift the words moment of lift about like women <laughs> in like poverty in Africa like trying to create tiny businesses Look, to, like I just support themselves Moment of lift and becoming. I both started and then didn't finish at all. So I'm a terrible person. That is literally the irretrievably broken of your life. Like that tells us everything we need to know about you. Please. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's the title of the episode. Moment of lift, blah, blah, blah. Um, Thank you. Don't have to think of one later. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this interview. I prefer fiction. What can I say? I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. I just prefer looking at rich, pretty people. I want to watch Soy Georgina. You're having a Lauren moment right now. I okay. know. I know. I'm a, I am. I Here's care the about video. the Uyghurs. Like, I care about causes. Okay. I'm done. Oh my gosh. Um, That's beautiful. Yes, you do. If Chandler's been like covering the, Uc- the what's going on in Ukraine on her personal account in a very sweet way. So, yeah, she's I not actually, all bad, yeah. I, I'm not all bad. I just, I honestly, I think like, Oh, but here's the problem. Both of those books I got on Audible and I never finish Audible books because I just don't really do well with audiobooks. Mm, yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to this every morning before I go to work so that I feel better as a feminist in corporate America. Blah, blah, blah. And I didn't finish <laughs> it. Okay. Well, thank you for your your defense. Your defense has been submitted. Thank you. Um, we'll see what the reviews okay. say and how the verdict comes in. But the point is, is that I read some articles before I watched the interview and I knew it would be on some level a nothing burger. Like she didn't, yeah. she didn't go on and like smear him or give Never us heard that really expression before a nothing burger, a nothing burger, like a cheeseburger. Yeah. It's a big nothing burger. I don't know. Something is this like a says. crypto term or something. Yeah. That kind I don't of feeling. know. Nothing burger. Okay. okay. That's cool though. Thank you. Um, Anyway, people love the vocab. So nothing burger. There you yeah, go, everyone. Sure do. <laughs> um, here's the thing. And this is my like takeaway. Okay. The okay. Po- very point of this interview was to do two things. One, mm-hmm. it was to demonstrate that she is good. Like this, that she's, yeah. that this divorce for her is positive. Like, yes, right. it was hell to go through, but she's yeah. in a positive place. Yeah. So that was, I say, would be like uh, mission number two, like mm-hmm. two, two number two priority. But the first priority, mm-hmm. the main point of this entire interview, this nothing burger of an interview, which made it a total burger, was to just say, yeah, just yeah. intimate and, and imply mm-hmm. that everyone's beliefs about Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein are correct. Right, right, right. A thousand percent. So, okay, so. Back to my earlier point about this only being 10 minutes long, okay? There was only, like, four questions that were asked, basically, okay? Right. And all of these questions were extremely, like, hot questions. Questions about Bill's affair with also, like, not just, like, that, his affairs, but just, like, also this one other woman, right? Um, Right. And then the questions about Epstein. And then I think there were some, I guess there were some other ones, like, are you dating? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and both of those questions, she does not refute any of it. She just says, you need to ask Bill, which I think is like, I mean, I think that's an astonishing answer because she does not defend him at all. There is no defense for him. It is just like smoking him out. Well, and here's the thing I also want to say, 
I also want to say this. You have to remember, this is the father of her children. So you mm-hmm. would think that if there was any plausible deniability that he didn't, you know, go to Pedophile Island, right. she'd want to put that out there to protect yeah. the reputation of right. the, her children's father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you get the chills when she talked about, like, Jeffrey Epstein being pure evil in person? I don't say I wouldn't I didn't have a physiological reaction like my body didn't react but I will say that um, I thought it was interesting that she said that and what I will say I mean I think go ahead for someone who's had profound like you know spiritual experiences you seem to be really out of touch well it's not I guess I just I don't know I feel like when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein I'm just now kind of thinking out loud but I feel like Melinda Mm -hmm. Gates is probably the exact type of woman he hates like she's a woman who like is powerful she's not yeah 13 she doesn't seem to give a shit about like patriarchal standards like she's like she's clearly free and I feel like there must have been an interesting energy between the two of them you know and obviously he's like leading her husband astray I feel like this also went further than just like them having like a terse interaction or just like I mean she she literally said he was like evil incarnate. Like yeah, she basically so said that she, she basically like said that, I don't know, like I almost like it's like a movie or something, but like, you know, when this person enters the room, the shutters, you know, slam close and the lights go off. Like, like horror, horror vibes. He just had this, like, I don't know. Villain doesn't even feel like the strongest word, but yeah, like just a truly evil person where, you know, when, when he enters the room or when he is there, like, there's a dark presence that's felt. He's dark-sided, you could say. Dark-sided, dark-sided. Everyone, if you have not watched the video of the Christian mom um, banishing, the, I don't know, her children. The production crew, dark, yeah. Or maybe it's the production crew calling them dark-sided. It's truly some of the best content of all time. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein is not a Christian. Another working title for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting, Chandler. I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he was born again. That's um, true. Okay. That's true. Okay. But yeah. So I found that I to have... be pretty chilling because I. I don't know. I feel like obviously you knew that Jeffrey Epstein was a bad person, but I feel like she she shed some new light on just like how evil he felt and how she told she told Bill that she felt like he was evil. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think that there's so much like, uh, like I saw this thing that was like, you know, now we know why Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland. And like, there's some conspiracy theory that he's like basically going to try to control the food supply to humanity. Like the, uh, the you're Bill into, like, Gates, yeah. I know I'm getting into like QAnon stuff and that's not, yeah. I don't believe it. But I think when I'm, if you would let me finish my sentence which before like, censoring me. Just do uh, your own research, you know, <laughs> into the before, vaccine, into the food supply before becoming my woke censor police anyway i'm just saying that i think that melinda gates is actually like a very beautiful person for people to look to and realize like if melinda gates is involved in the gates foundation what they're doing they're not trying to kill humanity and control their food supply okay are you happy now do you realize that i'm not leading us down QAnon territory i was was like well i don't know you've had a lot of profound spiritual experiences (laughs) recently i don't know i don't know you anymore um, but yeah, that's a great point. Melinda seems like a truly like impactful, like incredible woman. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool. She talked about how billionaires, like if you are lucky enough to be mm-hmm. a billionaire, you should give away a lot yes. of your wealth. And you won't and, feel like, it. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%. This is another thing I want to say. So, like, living in Puerto Rico, like, where we do, like, I've kind of, like, it's just interesting. Like, we're around a lot of different types of people. Like, people yeah. who are in echelons of wealth that we are absolutely, like, like that are not in our stratosphere. But we're just around them, right? Mm-hmm, Maybe, like, mm-hmm. some with some degrees of separation or not. But we're around a lot of different types of people now. Mm-hmm. And I will just say, and I've kind of talked about this a little bit on the Patreon, like, when you get to a level of wealth, when you get to a certain level of wealth where you suddenly have no constraints, like suddenly you get to a level, and I have never experienced this personally, but I, yeah. you get the point. You now are at a place in your life where the only constraints on you are like based on physics. It's like time and your health and your body and like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it's like laws, the material maybe. world, like the laws of yeah. nature still constraining you, but that's it. Everything... You're suddenly in a a universe where there is nothing you can't do. And so I think that really rich people, like when they suddenly are so unconstrained, they just get into weird stuff. Like they just oh, get yeah. into weird well, I just think it's weirder like, stuff. I think it's just harder to get high on life, if you will. Exactly. Because you are suddenly like suddenly like going to some five-star resort or having some crazy cool experience in nature or something it doesn't yeah. do, like you need to push the boundaries or you're, or you're doing it so often it just becomes like normal so yes. yeah exactly exactly that becomes the um, the new standard rather than like you know the um the whatever that becomes the rule i guess and i think anyway. on some level it's like the thing that is fun and exciting and creates that adrenaline now becomes like literally breaking laws and doing things that other people are oh, yeah. not allowed to yeah. do. Yeah, totally. Is that interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Um, Those are my thoughts. Hopefully, hopefully Georgina never gets to that level because you love her so much. Well, I mean, honestly, like, this is why, like, I, 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 Georgina, first of all, I can't believe you would even imply that that could ever happen to them. <laughs> Um, I was so offended when that person said the relationship was like a, a cover for him being gay. Oh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it still is something I'm trying to work through. Um, so thanks. It's thanks like for some internal, to my plate. Like there's some, there's some misogyny in there in that comment. I think we can unpack it yeah. another time. Anyway. Um, but what I was going to say is, I don't know. There's just like, I feel like there's just, uh, how do I even put this? It's better to not get there. You know what I mean? It's better what to do you mean, like not not get that rich. Yeah. Like I think it's better to have to live a life with constraints than to yeah. live a life that's yeah. completely unconstrained. Well, I think that people like, who I think are it's better. extremely wealthy better. can sometimes be the Yeah, I think that's sometimes I wouldn't know anything about this, but people who are extremely wealthy can also it can be really very hard for them to like be happy, super happy and fulfilled. Ah. Uh, and that was something like Kagan and I kind of talked about recently because we're around yeah. a lot of different types of people. And we were like, the people we know who are worth like crazy amounts of money, they are in no way happier than mm-hmm. the other people we right, know. Right, like, right, at all. It's so right. interesting. Well, the, but, if anything, uh, they have but, like other weird issues created by this, like all this mm-hmm. stuff. Well, and I, I feel like Ben and I were, Ben saw some Reddit thread about like once you make a certain amount of money, like the increase to your happiness really drops off if not like it's incremental if not if it doesn't if if it doesn't just you know altogether drop off at some point so well it was funny we talked to this guy who owns a super yacht and um 
and how how anyway he was no not dj how how um this is someone else and he was just talking about how like you know he's put millions of dollars into it this year and he's probably only used it for a couple weeks and he was talking about how people treat him so differently now because like yeah you know totally. now people know kind of how much he has and like how right, they like it's it like out. Now he can kind of get a meeting with anyone he wants. And like, it's very mm-hmm. strange and he's not an extrovert. He's an introvert. And so he's like, oh, wow. it's just, and he's like, and owning this thing is like a, it's basically like a full-time job of like managing people and managing mm-hmm. repairs and maintenance. Yeah. And he's like talking about what a nightmare owning the super yacht is. Wow. And anyway, it's just interesting. It's just yeah. some food for thought. Yeah, definitely. Okay. But okay. anyway, we can proceed. Let's proceed. So well, I want to move on to this article that I was completely uh, clotheslined by. I don't really know exactly mm-hmm. what that means, but I, I think it means that it knocks you down. Clothesline. If something clotheslines you, like, doesn't it kind of knock you down? It sounds like a, like, a, like where you dry clothing on, like a clothesline. Yeah, I, I know what a clothesline is. I'm just talking about the expression, <laughs> I clotheslined you. I've never heard it before. I'm sorry. This is my nothing burger moment. I'm okay. sorry. I'm just going to look this up really quick. Clotheslined expression riveting riveting con- content this is where the three-star review risk comes yeah. in Ugh. yes okay actually to knock someone down by catching them by the neck with an outstretched arm anyways you get knocked down i was knocked down by this article that um my friend lee and candace shared to me because a i was also just shook that i hadn't heard seen it before or read it um it's called the movie star in me lauren had you is heard of this at all is it well old? it's old I'm so confused. Came- it came out in January. It came oh, out I right think- around the time that the new Taylor Swift kind of came out, I think. Not sorry, that wasn't January. That was like last fall. But um but yeah, it came out recently. I mean, so you, you but were like, like it was but, like 6 weeks old when you sent it to me. But it but it wasn't covered in any like I feel like large I follow tons of like, you know, gossip and celebrity like thought people and it wasn't covered there, which was shocking to me. So yeah, that's actually really interesting. So yeah, like I didn't really like not skinny but not fat. Didn't really talk about it. I mean, she doesn't really really talk about Taylor Swift. It's a, it's a okay. So let me just get into it. But I think that's one thing to know is that it wasn't really covered by a lot of like like mainstream. I don't know, like gossip blogs. And to me, it's like it's a pretty like scathing uh, read. Uh, anyways, it is a, the story of a young woman who interned a few years ago on a musical starring uh, a big name actor so basically no one is named in this but it's very easy to once you kind of get into it to realize who it is um i mean literally the header image on the article is a screen grab from taylor swift's all too well music video so basically um it's about her experience this intern's experience with jake gyllenhaal and this article is attached to her name on medium her like medium yeah. profile so it's not like she's anonymous or anything she's not anonymous which is very yeah. interesting that it wasn't covered basically right right exactly it wasn't just like this unfounded claim like she doesn't mention the the play by name but it's pretty much confirmed that it was the play uh sundays in the park with george which right. like, was on like, broadway like- in 2017 it wasn't like Go a ahead. long Reddit entry or something like a rumor. Yes. Yes, totally. It wasn't just like this anonymous comment. It was like truly like a literally a, a girl, a woman in, in in the professional, like, you know, entertainment industry coming out with her story. She doesn't name Jake Gyllenhaal, but it is pretty damn but clear she, that it's she him. names Jake Gyllenhaal. She, like, she, she, she names him. She might yeah, as well she all but names him, him like was, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But tell the tell okay, listeners. So do a little so recap. Basically, 
Yeah. So I'm doing a little recap, but what I'm going to read to you is the explanation from Lainey because they are, they summed it up and I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. But basically from from Lainey. Yeah. This is the story of a young woman who interned a few years ago on a musical starring a big big name actor who received great acclaim for his performance. What happened between them isn't criminal, but it is manipulative. And if you've been in a similar situation, several layers of power imbalance, an age difference, an ecosystem that is set up so that an entire community serves one person in the spotlight, no matter what lines are blurred, her experience will feel painfully familiar and real. Um, it also goes on to say, it's not hard to figure out who she's referring to the musical he was in his family and the writer herself. She doesn't name him, but she names herself. She's a playwright and an actor. She works in the theater. So all of this can be tracked back to her. And given that she's clearly still in the early stages of her career, the fact that she's sharing what happened will come at great personal risk, which I think it already has. So that's, that's the end of that summary. So messed up. Yeah. Um, but basically she was a, like production assistant or or she's a playwright but she's also you know basically serving as a production assistant on this play and they begin rehearsals and i don't i don't know all the stages of you know you know broadway but basically in the very early stages of the of the play um he begins to take a liking to her taking a shine to her and fully starts to love bomb her right lauren would you agree i wonder how yeah you know what he does he just he just starts flirting with her really heavily. I wouldn't say love bomb, but I would say flirt really heavily. I think like, like I think flirt, love bomb I guess isn't. Yeah, love bomb is maybe when you're love. Like, I want to marry you. I you are the my soulmate. Not I mean he like casually says that. He, he like casually says he, let's get married like as a joke, but he doesn't love bomb her. I disagree with that. Well, maybe he doesn't like love bomb her, but he like. He comes on to her really heavily. He comes on to her extremely heavily. That is all that it feels like love bombing because, like, anyone who comes on to you that heavily before you've even kissed, it's like pretty crazy. So he basically starts, you know, saying, you know, I like you. I I think you're really pretty. Um, I mean, a lot of just like, and and what's crazy is that she like kind of directly quotes him in the article. She like will italicize phrases that are like him speaking to her, and. It's it's really fascinating. You look beautiful. Like, let me look at you. Like, he'll say to her as they're just like in, you know, this these like either they're like staging the play or whatever. I don't know what the terms are, but basically, and and everyone around them is like seeing this, like her mentor and the other like you know production people, and obviously, you know, she starts to like she's she's completely like caught off guard and I think also flattered by it, right? Yeah, I mean that's why these these conversations and like this whole story is so complicated because like yes there was an age difference there she was 23 he was 35 but it's not like she was 23 and he was 55 like and he was like a very attractive movie star so like there is like this I'm like any young woman I'm sure she and she right. she was attracted to him like that's why this is complicated to talk about because it's not this cut and dry situation where it's just so obvious how uncomfortable she would be i think everyone mm-hmm. basically congratulated her and acted like right, this is like right. the best thing that's ever happened or, to her and then also thanked her for being such a good influence on him because he's this you know temperamental actor um, right thanked her for essentially putting up with what can only be described as intense sexual harassment like there's a part right, where right. he is laying under her desk and mm-hmm. while she's working in a dress like how inappropriate yeah, yeah. is that right 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 and he's jake gyllenhaal he is like the star of this show 
So nobody right. is going to say anything. Um, so basically at, well, at one point she has an interaction with, uh, like, so this, this goes on over the course of the weeks of, you know, the play and, and rehearsal and everything. And, and at one point someone, in fact, I think the, the president of, I don't, I'm not sure their position, but like somebody high, a level above her says, you seem stressed. And she types a note out to this person where she says, because everyone's obviously in on this. And, and the note that she types out says, it's so hard because I do like him. And now I'm confused. And then he was flirting and I always sort of brush it off. And he said, I should give in to the flirting because it's fun. But I want to stay professional too. I just feel very out of my element and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to get attached, but I'm worried I will. Um, and this person just reads what she writes and then hands her back to the, the phone and never addresses it ever again. Right, right. Anyways, this article is very long. Like it, it, it's essentially it's like a forty-five minute read because it's it basically goes by like day by day everything that happens, and you know it gets to the point where they do sort of have to, a, a physical relationship, and he, and then like he kind of starts to acknowledge how young she is and their age difference, and it just sort of takes a, a kind of sick like. Maybe that's too strong a word. It just starts to take a darker turn because he then just fully starts to like, he's already playing head games with her, but like he doesn't reply for a very long time. And it just, she goes through this whole manipulative cycle with him and it's very, very sad. Um, And I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I want to say that there's, so here's what kind of made my blood boil about it beyond the workplace sexual harassment, which I have had my own personal experience with that I'll share mm-hmm. but like I I feel like what made me really upset was not just that he was like a movie star and flirting with her and that she was experiencing this horrible dynamic while she's trying to like start and build her career right um, but also that he was like really like mind effing her like he says mm-hmm. um okay so so there this is one point I want to quote he's so she says once the song had successfully been staged so basically, like mm-hmm. they they prep for a part of the musical. The movie yeah. star took my hand in his, examining each of my fingers, and says, "We should get married." I replied, "Okay," without glancing up from my computer. "I'm serious," he says. "We should just disappear and get married and have a bunch of kids." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I looked up and he said, "I'm too old for you," or he chuckled, "I'm too old for you." I'm trying really hard not to find you so hot so we can be friends. Like he's not just Ugh. coming onto her. He's making it seem like he's actually interested in her and like her soul right, right, and like right. her being when really yep. this is just a game and like a fun it's a game. infatuation for him. Exactly. And that I think is what's so malevolent about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we haven't even and gotten like really to like, not cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, it, it just shows that that is his energy in romantic situations. Like he, it, it's all a game where he is a sen- like, essentially like teasing and and manipulating and twisting and playing with somebody until you know until they kind of give in to him and then you know when when that person sometimes like gives themselves over to him then he just like you know changes completely um yeah and also then the game is over and it's no longer fun anymore um and he has what he wants and then he has to deal with the real human in front of him who has Mm -hmm. complex emotions and needs and once that's in front of him he splits he just wants to then fantasize about the next 22 year old yeah 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 i mean the other thing i wanted to say what that i thought was really i mean despicable yeah was that 
just the way that she was so effectively completely offered up to, to him basically like mm-hmm. as an offering yep. by right. everyone in the workplace and then completely discarded when she was oh no yeah useful. nobody like once he, he was done with her they were done with her yeah yeah they didn't care i i want to read some so some of his text messages to her because i think they show the degree of like of of guy of i don't know just the degree to which he knows how to like play women um yeah so like just one example okay you know, this is day 41. This day 41, she says, somehow the romance continued. Just when I thought he'd forgotten me, he would text, hey you, period. My friends marveled as my phone lit up with his name. And he says, more time together, please. Like, uh, Ben has never texted me more time together, please. <laughs> it's insane. It's like, it's he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's very I mean, it's just very clear that he is trying to make he's trying to trick her into thinking that he's sincerely interested. In right, her. right. That's that's right. what's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, it's, I'm going to read this other excerpt really quick. Okay. So he says, how come I don't hear from you? A shooting star sent as he landed in Oklahoma. Pictures of the set. You miss me? And I did. 31 days since our first kiss. 31 days that would be neatly summed up in a movie montage. We agreed to get together the Friday after Thanksgiving. I came back from Long Island early. Asked what time we should meet. Hours later, he replied that he was still in Vermont. As I sat alone in my apartment, humiliation raged in my chest. When he texted the next day asking to meet up, I didn't hesitate. My hair was straightened. My eyebrows plucked. My makeup delicately applied. My heart thumping as I rang the doorbell. And like, I think when somebody, when somebody plays with you like this, it's just kind of toxic and it's impossible to not like give in. Yeah. I mean, also, also it's super exciting Mm-hmm. And this is something mm-hmm. that I kind of talked about in my solo episode, but sometimes when you meet the right person, it's not as exciting because they're not doing right. all this crazy stuff to you where right. they right. drop you for a night and you mm-hmm. got already and then and then you don't know if they like you. And then that moment comes where they do like you and get that surge of right. it's not the roller coaster. And so it is like I am also I will say that when you're 22, you experience these things in such a heightened way. You don't right, have right. the maturity of time and perspective to understand I mean, what's really happening. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't like like love and, on some level just feels different as you get older. And so I just think it's like it's playing on a young person's emotions. Is That's why it's so toxic. Right. And compound that with the fact that he is a fudging movie star. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, there's a part of me and I know this is like kind of a sick part of me. Um, but there's a part of me that's like, wow, what a life experience to have had. Like, yeah. I know it was traumatic and terrible, I mean, but how interesting to have experienced yeah. an actual movie star's think, glow upon you. Like, that's a very interesting experience. Most people have not is, had. It is interesting. I just think that it would reverberate like through your life in a traumatic way like much deeper than like anything else I mean so then which brings me to my next big part of this conversation is like this only in my opinion validates Taylor Swift's account of him because it it maps completely with with the intense love or at least intense flirting and intense romance and chemistry you know I mean it also tracks with uh the fact that it's it's so intense and then it's gone and 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 it's like it it almost validates and also invalidates her experience with him because it's like, well, I don't buy that 
he was in love with Taylor Swift. And then he just like, I just think she was unfortunately another one of his victims. Exactly. Exactly. I think you're spot on there, right? Where like, and that's, I think why we were so kind of uh, mm, disapproving when, when her entire narrative about him or like when that new 10 minute version and that movie was basically like her culminating in her entire identity being about this three month relationship or whatever it was, because we don't want to give guys that play us that validation, you know, like Mm -hmm. the important Mm -hmm. thing is to move beyond them and to no longer give a like they're no longer care. So anyway, um, no, I I completely agree with you. Also, it just like proves that you know I saw this take about how you know Taylor is seen as like this like can you know man man hater or at least like someone who's always being melodramatic about her previous romances but all of her stuff is like cooperated think about John Mayer think about you know Jessica Simpson like and Jake Gyllenhaal is just another one of those out there like this like that's the thing people don't that that's the thing we need to appreciate you know there are a lot of guys who are very manipulative with women also, yeah. there are women who are manipulative, manipulative with men. So Absolutely. it can go both ways. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I do want to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I kind of want to say, and I just want to touch on this. Like, I personally have had an experience of sexual harassment in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And it's such, a, it's such an interesting thing. So when this happened to me, I was 27. And mm-hmm. I was working at a corporate job. Or I, had a, I was working in a big corporate environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, he wasn't on the executive team. He was above them. I think he was like the chairman of the board at one point. Anyway, he started pursuing me and my mm-hmm. boss at the time, who I actually still adore and have, yeah. and think is wonderful. He like encouraged me to date this person while I was dating Kagan. And I had to be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not interested. I'm not yeah. interested in dating this person. Yeah. And it was extremely uncomfortable for me and excruciating, yeah, yeah. but also so complicated because I remember being like, no, this situation is my fault. Like I created the situation because mm-hmm. I was too nice and too chummy with this person. Right, like right, I right. did this. This is yeah, of my own yeah. doing. And yeah. so I can't complain about this. And yeah. now I look back on that with a few years behind me. And like, there's also like an interesting dynamic of it too, where I continue to be maintain like a relationship on some level, like a professional relationship with this person, because at one point I wanted to start a business and like sought them for guidance, advice. Mm-hmm. And as a potential yeah. investor, like I utilized that relationship yeah. after the, I think that period of sexual harassment happened, like in the way, in a lot of, in the kind of in a similar way that women who were in contact with uh, what's Harvey Weinstein and were yeah. assaulted by him. Not that I was not assaulted, well, just- but like maintain that relationship as well like it's so complicated and dynamic right well it's just also just not it's not a cut and dry thing where you just you know report them to hr and then you know you never have to deal with it ever again and they get fired and it's like you know or like yeah it's very complicated yeah because the thing is is like there's so many consequences for Mm -hmm. for really um solving the situation like you don't really solve the situation what you do is create a bunch of other problems like you create a problem with your boss Mm -hmm. who was trying to essentially offer you up as a 27 year old to a 60 year old like Mm -hmm. and you create a bunch of other issues and and it's like the situation yeah well and i just remember like it was so 
like what happened was so inappropriate and not cool. And then for like the year afterward that I was there at the company, I had to basically like hide from this person whenever he was around mm-hmm. the office. And I had to yeah. like, I remember I still had access to the calendar so I could see when he would come in and was coming yeah. in. And I would yeah. literally hide. Like I would yeah. not work at my desk. I would yep. hide. And it was just yeah. so painful. And I think yeah. that, I just think that I really resonated with what she said about being like offered up you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. And it's just, totally. it's just, yeah. that's why I, yeah, I just really resonated with that. And I think that there's yeah. probably <sighs> like, and I don't know, it's just, it's just so bothersome when people think it's okay. Like, oh, you're 27. Here's a 60 year old. Like, mm-hmm. why, why don't you want to date him? Oh, you're, I know right, you're already right. in a relationship, but why not? Right. You know, yeah. like what? Yeah. The f- yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Boys club. Sorry. Yeah. I, re- I remember no, I this. Know. Yeah. yeah it's awful I mean just also the fact that like hiding from him like I just don't think men ever feel like oh this is an uncomfortable situation you know like <laughs> I need to hide I don't think men ever feel that way <laughs> for the I most just, part yeah I think that it was just so painfully awkward right and yeah. like, and just it, never... and you can do your job you can do your job it fully like yes and it fully I couldn't concentrate or think um when this person was around and like also it kind of like never really stopped until like this until it was over like until I was laid off like it basically never ended and so like there there was always like a strange email that came in or something weird and ultimately I just think it's like really here's what I want to say I think it's really sick that we think that this is just something that should be okay and a woman should just put up with and like that should just deal with and Mm -hmm. manage and it just becomes your own private emotional burden and I totally resonated with her experience yeah yeah I mean I've had like I had the like I mean I've had different scenarios but like that one coworker who would like older married would like like my photos like old photos of mine late at night and yes. on oh Instagram who followed me and then like you were like you were like you should just like you need to tell HR because you know it wasn't as he wasn't sending me messages asking me out or anything but it was it, there was interest of some sort and I was just like I don't really like we don't work together at all like this is weird that you even follow me on Instagram and anyways I remember just also like you know he, they moved his desk like away from mine but then that was so freaking awkward, too, because then it was like I knew that was all because of me and his team all knew that was because of me. And it's like then I've gotten this weird like gaslighting stage where I'm like, well, this wasn't that big of a deal. You know, he was just like occasionally poking me on Facebook and then liking some of my photos like late, uh, like at night at random times, like from four or five years ago. Like it's not the biggest deal in the world. Maybe he's just a weird guy. And then I was That's like the a- moment when I knew was just when I was like, OK, well, I actually realized that I was if I was going to work late. I wouldn't work at the office because I was afraid that he would be there and we would be alone together. Yes. That's the thing. It's like you're the fear of being alone with that person is so strong and visceral. I remember one time the person messaged me and was like, I got, I'm going to try to steal you away for lunch, like from the boss, you know? And it's just like the fear of being alone in a vehicle with that Mm -hmm. person. And then, but then you're so right. Like you get into this mode where you're like, 
no, I was too nice. I Mm -hmm. gave this person the, like part of my job as an executive assistant was being charming, was being fun, was being dynamic, was being, it was, was being Mm -hmm. a little flirty, you could say. And I think I like, I definitely was like, no, I created this problem. This is my issue to do it in the same way that you're like, no, I, this is something that I took the wrong way. Like he was just on Instagram scrolling through my old photos and being nice. Like, yeah, totally. He's got kids. Like what what does it matter? You know? Yes. And now, and the thing that's different with your situation was like, you were kind of new at the company. So you didn't have like a bunch of like, like long relationships. You didn't want to sully by being stern about the situation. Totally. You could kind of just like be very clinical with it. But like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't like, it didn't feel that way because I just had yeah. so much well, and your skin boss in the game was like my emotional mean, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it was yeah. a completely different scenario. I mean, also it was a very clear cut, like pursuing you, te- mess- private messages to you. Yeah. Like, ugh, it's just, it's a lot and it's really sad. Um, anyway. I think just, like yeah. to, to your point about what happened, like this this other like idea that just everyone basically around her completely failed her. And I just think that, you know, people need to recognize that we all need to have a very, very like hard shift with the way that we treat workplace romances and flirtations because the majority of them are harmful. Like the the majority of them are not just like lateral romances that, you know, are totally above board. It's like, it's harmful. Well, this is the other thing too, is she has this moment in the article where he says, you know, is this making you uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And and she basically was like, I just couldn't say it was. Like, it was too awkward right. and weird. And now I doubt whether I should even write this article because I basically gave him permission to sexually harass me. And this is what I want to say. If you have to ask the person if what you're doing is making them uncomfortable in a professional environment, it's not appropriate. Don't do it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you should never have to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, it's just like sad because like every woman I know basically has an experience like this. I mean, and honestly, like I thought now I'm just fully like venting, but like I thought like after what had happened at like the restaurant we worked at, like I thought that I would join a corporate world and that it would be better just feel so like naive to say, but that I thought it would be different. Like I I had like someone make a really like sexually – a violent comment about me like to someone I was like having a relationship with at work which was like you know probably also not great on my part but whatever I mean yeah but also it was a it was a lateral thing you guys were like yeah yeah I knew you guys were not there was no weird power dynamic there was no weird power dynamic at all and a lot of but I I had at work so it's like right totally different I had like my I had our head chef make like a comment about like like rape essentially to me to not to me, excuse me, to him about me, encouraging him. And when I elevated this because he told me or someone else was, he told, he said it in front of like eight different people. Um, like when I told our restaurant ownership about it, they told me that they were fully prepared with their legal team or like the legal counsel that they had to if I was going to escalate this further that they would you know they were were prepared to defend themselves and I think he went to an anger management class and when I said like hey can I not work with this person at least because if they're comfortable making that type of aggressive comment out loud to eight different people men and women after I've left for the day like 
can I just not work with him? Because what is he thinking like in his, you know, solo? Um, I was told like, no, that wasn't a possibility. Anyways, I don't yeah, know if I explained I mean, that right. but No, I think you, you 100% explained it. And the, it's just, it's so corrosive to the human soul to be, to be treated like a piece of meat and to be commodified. Mm-hmm. And then to be essentially what that management team at the restaurant did was show you that you were disposable. And yeah. care about you. I was not protected or valued at all. And it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if you work in, you know, a corporate advertising job or if you're a hostess at a restaurant, you should be treated with respect and you should and be think, protected. And I think that's why like the, the Me Too movement and all of that stuff is so important because like, while it might seem like, you know, kind of uh, intense and people don't like it when women are intense, you know, people don't like it when, when there are right. firm rules and, you know, but the reason why all this stuff is so important is because there has to be clear boundaries because otherwise people take advantage and this happens yeah. and it's so damaging. Right, right, right. Um, Anyways, this took a turn. Yeah, took a turn. But this is what I'm saying. Like this podcast is is us being vulnerable and sharing things mm-hmm. that have happened in our lives. And like, yeah. it's not always going to be this like, you know, like stuffing chocolates into our mouths, Lucy and Ethel moments. Right, like it's, right. it's, it's, this podcast is like us in a strange yeah. way. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of vulnerability. Okay. So we're going to talk about a Reddit article about this guy who was 34 and his wife to 29. They're not actually married. He's, she's her, his spiritual wife. Um, that's the term he used. He, mm-hmm. she requested that he pay her 50 grand to have their child because they split everything down the middle and she was going to have to take off work and she was going to, you know, lose that time and not that time making money. Um, and so she asked to, be, to basically be compensated. Anyway, we'll try to get to that on the Patreon because it's going to, we're already too, it's took too big of a conversation and it's too long. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about, Chan, so moving on from that, just a little tease mm-hmm. of that, but I put on the Instagram, like, oh, is there anything else you wanted us to chat about? Yeah. And um, Heather, one of our dear listeners wrote, thoughts on extra piercings and tiny tattoo trends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have had a complete change in my thoughts on all of this that I want okay. to t- tell you about. Um, so when we were traveling, we were traveling, one of the girls we were traveling with, she has very like intense tattoos on her legs. I think they're like snakes. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, they're like, they're, they're definitely visible. They're not just like delicate tattoos. No, these are like big snake tattoos on her legs. And she's otherwise like very much like a girl next door vibe. Like okay. she's very, she's, she's like the sweetest human being. I mean, truly like one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met. Yeah. And I was talking with her and she was like, yeah, one of the reasons I got my tattoos was because I wanted people to know that I wasn't going to try to be what they wanted me to be. And I knew that if I got these big tattoos, that there was no going back. And that like, I was never going to be what society and what this culture is telling me I need to be. Like, I'm going to be my own individual. And, okay. and it's like a permanent message that I am not wow. what people want me to be. And I am myself. And it was like so rad and amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my thoughts on like, 
I I used to not want a, a second or third piercing because I didn't want extra holes on my wedding day. That's how much like conservative culture had like seeped into my brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess now I'm like, I kind of love it. I love people just being themselves and adorning their body however they want to. Right. And I mean, especially with of, a, a piercing, like piercings are just like so not a big deal to me. Yeah. And it's like, who cares if it's like not like I feel like one of the common arguments against tattoos is like, oh, they don't look good as you get older. It's like, who cares? You know, right. like, right. who cares? What, why yeah. do, who cares if they don't look as pristine as you get older? It's just right. so interesting. So who cares so if, my like, are... you don't always look 20? Yeah, like, that's another thing uh, someone commented, and I'm kind of talking about on the Instagram. Someone commented on my solo Patreon episode. They're like, like, all this sun fear is just so, and I'm paraphrasing and elaborating on their comment, but the message was basically, like, so toxic to, like, the human spirit, essentially, that, like, we need to avoid the sun. Like, the sun is so good for you. And, like, playing oh. outside with your kids and being mm-hmm. outside is just so good for the human spirit. Like, who cares about what it does to, like, how young and smooth we look? Right, right. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I am, like, a sun person. Although, I, I want to protect my skin. I don't want to get melanoma. Um, but I, like, love being in the sun. I absolutely yeah, and love it. And there's something about doing what you can to, like, to be to feel your best and if that's skincare and putting on spf that's amazing but i just think it's like that also is like such a good message Mm -hmm. you know agreed agreed yeah 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 i mean i have i have extra piercings i have like two extras i think i'm gonna get another one Um, i'm gonna get i got three i got two extra piercings in each year and then i got them out because i wanted for my wedding day to be like this vestal you know bride with only one piercing in each year like approved by by the powers that be but now i'm like everywhere yeah who cares who cares doesn't matter it literally doesn't matter someone asked me about my observations about nyc lately did you see this oh yeah i did well, how, what are you thinking said, about? They said crime, social scene, new areas to live in. Um, in terms of crime, I live in a safe neighborhood, like arguably one of the safest neighborhoods in the city. I, I'm not worried about like crime. I don't feel like crime is like on the rise. This isn't Gotham City. Um, I do think that there are just like a lot of, as far as like this other question, the questions like, you know, new areas to live in. I think that you know, there's like just still so many good apartments that you can nab in the city, you know, in all different kinds of neighborhoods. I do think that like there are like amazing parts of Brooklyn and, you know, and even maybe parts of the Upper West Side that are like a little bit more affordable. But yeah, there's like there's just I don't really know exactly what they mean by new areas to live in. But basically what I'm saying is you don't just have to live in like, you know, the Lower East Side or like West Village to be cool. Um, There's lots of other like you know, great places to live. And I do think that I guess COVID restrictions just got lifted yesterday, I believe. So New York's back, baby. Like, actually, like, I don't think they can ask for vaccine stuff at restaurants anymore, which wasn't really bothersome to me. But that's just, I guess, the way the city's going and the mask mandates are, are gone. So I don't know. It just feels amazing, I guess. New York is truly the most magical place. And you Did you feel that way when you that. came here? Yes. Really? 100%. I didn't know that and you felt you that living, way. Yeah, and you living in that beautiful 
studio in beautiful Upper West Side, like two blocks from um, Central Park. I mean, your life is just incredible. It's so cool. Thank you. I think also I'm going to stay in my apartment. Did I tell you this? You did. And I'm I'm so happy to hear that because it's just worth it. It's worth it for your quality of life. I'm going to paint my walls and I'm going to stay, baby. I'm staying. Yeah. Chandler was going to like try to save money and move to like a a worse apartment or like not a great apartment or get roommates. And and I'm just so happy you're doing that. It just doesn't really matter because whatever money I would probably save with a marginally like cheaper apartment, I would spend moving my stuff. And the risk of what kind of grenade a roommate could throw into your mental health, yeah. like a bad roommate exactly. potentially. Yeah. Okay. Also, another thing hey. I want to say though. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Do you want to say no, something? Go. No, no, you go. Okay. Someone wrote, someone messaged him was like, <laughs> you've advocated for not having savings. Have you changed your oh, mind yeah. on that? I need to I need to clear this up. I have not advocated for not having savings. Here's what I advocate for. I think that if you were in your 20s, especially living in an expensive city and you make $65,000 a year, like putting away $300 a month that could be the difference between you having a nice meal and like a nice pair of shoes and like mm-hmm. you know maybe Christmas like a shoes. new jacket or something like this is literally sounding little... like charles dickens a, <laughs> a warm jacket nice <laughs> pair of shoes like putting oh like putting Hot away soup. this like morsel of mo- money that's gonna yeah. be the difference between you like eating ramen and like being able to like go to the grocery store i don't know it's just to me i mean dumb. i i think contribute to your 401k always yeah you know like make sure that you have something like some type of backup you know, if you don't have to have a financial safety net in the form of like parents or yeah. siblings that can help you out. Um, it's like, advice from and I do think a place that, of privilege for sure. Yeah. So I think no matter what contribute to your 401k, like you should have something being saved for you. Um, but I guess aggressively saving is something that's just hard to do when you make that little of money in a, in a big city. Yeah. And, and I guess my point was like, just, you know, enjoy life to the fullest don't really worry about it. Like, like the thing you should focus on is having as much fun as possible and also like moving the needle in your earning potential. Like yes. that extra, yeah. yes, compound interest is great. And the extra, you know, you could have 30 grand by the time you're 30. Whoop-de-doo, like who cares? Like you can also just be a person who can make that kind of money really quickly. You know, if you focus more on Right. being better in your skill set. Yeah. So yeah. there's that that kind of is my point, but I definitely believe in being a person who has savings eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe absolutely. I believe in a savings. Of course. Um okay, Chan, anything else? Lauren, it's been no. a great episode. Great episode. Thanks for coming on my podcast. This is actually audible for people to listen to. We'll see. I'm sure it will. Let's hope. Okay. Um, you're welcome for coming on your podcast. I do what I can. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I realized this episode took some turns oh um but i think it was good yeah um it's emblematic of exactly what our podcast is we need to do the giveaway let's just do it really oh fast. yeah let's do it the walking yeah. giveaway okay can you okay. pull can you do the random number number generator yeah. on google yeah. please we had 78 entries you guys these giveaways are helping us so much we're gonna do a break for the rest of march 71 you said 78 so random number between 1 and 78 okay so i'm just gonna let everyone know we're gonna do a break for the rest of march just so there isn't giveaway fatigue we'll be back with a new one in april um 
but we're so grateful for everyone who entered because it like it is absolutely helping us. I know it's really moving the needle and we're seeing a lot of growth. So thank you to everyone. Like, and also people have been so thoughtful about what they've said about the podcast. Like people have been amazing. We love our listeners. It's so, so wonderful. Okay. Um, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Um, max 78, right? It's our top number. Yeah. One seventy eight. Okay. Here we go. One, one, two, three, three, two, one. 44. Oh my gosh. The winner Chandler is Paige B underscore Nelson. Woo-hoo! Paige B Nelson. So oh my gosh. Paige Nelson. Paige, maybe she's like, you know, going by her middle name all the time. Thank you for entering our giveaway. We're so excited. So excited. And thank you everyone who entered. Truly, it means the world and is just, yeah, helps us so much. So yes. we will be back next week with a new episode and we will have a hot Patreon episode coming out this Friday and this Friday our Patreon episode it's going to be about my metamorphosis and probably this Reddit article and other fun things so if you want to hear about the transformation and things I've been going through that have been really cool that I cannot describe that cannot talk about publicly get on Patreon baby get on the Patreon baby all right bye love Love you you. Bye. bye That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.